0: Jimmy and I are still trying to digest this loss to Michigan, but that tummy hurts.
1: You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Lockdown, Bama, Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and thank you so much for making this your first listen every single day, even under these horrific circumstances. Jimmy Alabama loses in overtime, 27 to 20 to Michigan. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to really wrap my head around all this. We did a live reaction show last night. I encourage you to go check it out because it did have some visceral reaction, obviously. But. Uh, I didn't even stay up for the entire Washington, Texas game because I mean, why bother? Right. I mean, I'm a college football fan, but I'm also a human being, so I was a little bit depressed. And um, turns out Washington wins that game. So if you really want to let me tell you how bad this weekend was for me. My my kids leave. I have three kids, one at Arizona State, two in Ohio. One the one that goes to Arizona State is a huge, talked about him before. Got ass burgers, but he's and he's he's just not really He's, he does fantastic, does fantastic at school, does all these things. But socially, he can be a little, you know, it's an Asperger's thing. Well, he, he fell in love with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2016, I think it was. And he's just been like an Eagles fan the way I'm a Bama fan. I've taken him to Eagles games in Arizona. I've sent him to games in, in Atlanta and Detroit. But he's never been to see the Eagles play at home. So, we got him a Christmas present. Him and his mom are going to go to the Eagles game at home, see him play Arizona. Easy win, right? No. The Dead (laughs) Gum Cardinals, one of the worst teams in the league, beat the Eagles at home. Then um, Alabama loses. And my daughter, who is a big Alabama fan and who in two years will be going to Alabama, uh, she and I are just drowning in our tears. And it's just awful. So, a lot of bad stuff. And my kids left. I mean, I I want my kids here. I like my kids. But uh, anyway, so kind of a rough weekend. Um, and then Washington wins, which would have meant that if I'd gone to the game, that if we, if we Alabama had won and we play in the national championship game, I'll suspect very correctly that, uh, the tickets would be much, 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 much cheaper. Yes. And, um, that would have been a super nice thing, but, uh, you know, Hey, it is what it is. And Jimmy, I think let's start with, I I think it's best if we start with some good news. I know I've already started with some other bad news, but this is for the podcast purposes. Start with some good news. Good news. James Burnup kicked butt. I appreciate you, James Burnup. Thank you. I appreciate you, Will Reichert. I hate to see you go, but I love the fact that you ended your career with two 50 plus yard field goals in the Rose Bowl. It don't get any better than that unless you win it. Um, Other than that, and, and Justice Haynes, I thought Justice Haynes his tail off. And Jason McClellan's return, uh, getting two touchdowns, which also sort of helps us when Georgia fans say, well, you know, so-and-so was hurt in the SEC title game. Yeah, we didn't have Jason McClellan, who, by the way, pretty good when he's healthy. Um, those. Other than that, I'm having a hard time finding the goodness. Now, one thing that I did think about last night was, you know, we can complain about a lot of things, and we will in this second segment. But, you know, in the second half, for all the defensive issues we had and and confusion we had, Michigan didn't score in the second half until just the final minute and then in overtime. That was the only two times they scored. Now, giving up that long drive, and especially fourth and two in their own 30, was terrible. But the defense needs to be applauded to a degree because they really picked up their game in the second half.
1: Yeah, I thought the defense played extremely well in the second half. Really, for most of the game. Uh, I mean, I, I think for for whatever reason, I think a lot of the fan base just underestimates Michigan. I I don't really know how or why, based on results, based on their dudes. Uh, I mean, th- this is a really good team, and uh, you know they may, in fact, win the national championship. And the fact of the matter is, let let's say Michigan wins the national championship, uh, Alabama proved their one play short one play all they needed to do was make one more play whether it was that fourth and two luke reference whether it was the milro fumble uh whether it was a play in overtime uh just just change all you have to do to change the outcome of that game is change one play and and you have a handful to choose you know uh and, and even what's more crazy is uh, I, I don't think Alabama played a great game. I, mean, I think Alabama played fine. I think Alabama played good. I think Alabama played hard, but uh, they didn't play smart uh, and they didn't play great. It wasn't their best game and, and, and it needed to be. Uh, but again, one play short. I know that makes it even more frustrating for for fans because you're so close, but it also just shows how great the program is right now. And that's not changing. Uh, There will be a lot of players that leave in the next few days and some that go pro early. Uh, This is a great program. And Alabama is going to be right back in the thick of things uh, next year. There's a lot to be encouraged about. And uh, Burnup will return, as you as you pointed out early. And I think Alabama uh, will have uh, going into the season, in my opinion, uh, the best punter in college football.
0: No, I agree with that. Uh, the kicking game will be another issue. And there's some other aspects to the special teams, which I'll get to in the second segment where we're going to complain a lot more. One other, oh, I'm again, I'm struggling for positivity here. But I did see a stat that isn't directly related to Alabama, but it, it made me think, at least it's not that. Iowa played three ranked football teams this year. They lost 92 to nothing combined to those three.
1: Alabama didn't do that. that. So, hey, that's a good Alabama. example of a team that's not close. How close is Alabama to being national champions? Basically, about one play. But I would not close. Well, not yeah. close. Good defense, though. They they literally are good, maybe even a really good defensive team. But gosh, offensively, they are dreadful.
0: Dreadful. Now, let's also again I'm trying to find some positivity because I want to I want to give people something to cling to. But um we have two losses this year. The two losses are the two teams that one's going to play for a national championship. The other one was in the college football playoff and lost on the last second, kind of like we did. Um, so it's really hard to have too big of a, a, a gripe. Um, I think some people are going a little far with the fire. Tommy Reese, Jalen Milrow can't get it done crowd. I think uh, Sabin's washed up. I mean, y'all let's, let's, Take a step back because here's the other thing. If you want to talk about some good news, we may be getting some very good news at the Under Armour All American game. There are two guys, Daniel Hill is there. Bit there's a crystal ball that's been put in in our favor for Daniel Hill. I didn't think that was coming. Um, and Zay Mintz, he's still out there. I don't. am not saying we're going to get him. I'm just saying he's still out there.
1: Um, we're so, uh, highly optimistic at BOL. Highly okay. optimistic. <laughs> that's not doesn't mean lock, stock, and barrel, write it down. It just means, uh, you know, we're optimistic, and uh, we have a really good track record with this class, really good track record when we're optimistic. So uh, track, optimistic about both. Mincy's number two cornerback in the whole country. He He's really good. Daniel Hill's fine. He's good. He's he's definitely somebody to celebrate. Zay Mincy is, is elite. I mean elite. If, if Alabama lands Mincy, Luke, this will probably be the best DB class Alabama's ever signed.
0: Well, I'll say this too. If and Kool Aid may come back.
1: That I don't think he is. Yes. I don't think he is. But he could. I say he's not. But I think. But I say he's not. But I'm to the point now. I, I will. I will no longer be. I won't be shocked. Will I be surprised? A little bit mildly. A little surprised if if Kool Aid comes back. Terry, on guy, I sort of expect back.
0: One guy did announce that he's leaving, and he left no right. doubt about it. And we'll talk about him here in this second segment. Right now, though, I want to tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash locked on. You know I love me some FanDuel. Y'all do, too. Don't pretend like you don't. You know you love it. It's so much fun. It's so much fun, especially during bowl season and NFL season. And the NFL regular season is about to wrap up. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 smacks in bonus bets. Guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $150 in bonus bets. If you win or if you lose, I can't do any better than that for you people. I tried to get up to 155. They said, Luke, that's all we're doing over here at FanDuel because that's nice enough. And I said, you're right. And I don't want to be greedy. The app is so easy to use. And there are so many different ways to bet. Like same game parlays, live same game parlays. Find bets in the new Explorer tab. Make a parlay in the parlay hub. That's the best way to find all these popular parlays that everybody's knocking home. And much, much, much more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Because basketball season is coming right around next. That's what you want to get involved in. And basketball, they got games every day, bro. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Okay, so second segment. This is where I get the um, I where to complain.
1: <laughs> um, there was no complaining in the first. I, segment. Segment. I thought there was complaining in the first segment. No, that was that was <laughs> that was mild. That was mild. Um, <laughs> okay. First of all,
0: let me let me just throw several things out there. You pick which ones you like the most. I've written these down. Okay. I want and, and again, just let me get through them, and then you can pick the one you want to address the most. Number one, I don't think this team has a very high football IQ. I don't mean that like this team is dumb. I mean it like this this team doesn't have a good idea of situational awareness sometimes. That go that's down from the coordinator positions. I'm not gonna put it on Sabin. Sabin has pretty good situational awareness. From the coordinators down to the the backup center, that down to everybody. And I shouldn't say backup center. That makes it sound like that's the lowest on totem pole. It's not. But I, I mean, Road doesn't have good situational awareness. I don't think Seth McLaughlin does. I mean, he he's got to know. Hey, my number one goal's got to be to get the, the snap back there. If I get run over, I get run over. But if I don't get the snap back there, this whole thing's ru- ruined. Um, the the defensive backs that. All I saw all night when Michigan was doing all their eye candy was a lot of pointing to each other. Like, Oh my God, I thought you had him. I thought I had him. Yeah. You know, which way did he go? Which way did he go? Then Jimmy, here's another thing that bothers me about this game. I thought Michigan was the more aggressive team. And I think in games like this, we've learned time and time and time again, the more aggressive teams win. That's just like in business. The more You know, you hear all the time, so-and-so is a billionaire, but he went bankrupt three times you know why? Because he continues to be aggressive. You don't recoil into a shell when you um lose a play. You know, and Michigan didn't. Michigan had a, a, a throwback pass that should have been stopped. I mean, Dallas Turner knocked J.J. McCarthy so hard that they had to go to Home Depot to get a weed eater to get the grass out of his
1: helmet.
0: <laughs> um, but they still completed the play. And it also didn't – it also meant – didn't mean Michigan quit being aggressive. They tried to flea flicker later, and I know there was somebody out there going, "Yeah, but they almost fumbled it. They did almost fumble it. They did." But I think moments like that make your team go, "Our coaches believe in us." This. this that wasn't a stupid play. If you go back and look, it, it was very. Far, I think a Boyby's the one that blew it up. Was it a Boyby or no, no Deontay Lawson? Lost Lawson lost blew it up. Deontay. And um, when they when Kirk Herbstreit showed the play again, he said. If Deontay Lawson doesn't do what he does, that play's wide open for a touchdown. So yeah. uh, the aggressiveness. Um, Seth snaps. And again, I, I'm not trying to throw a singular person under the, under the bus here. But the, his reaction afterwards when it was addressed, he was like, I, I don't really have an explanation. You get, Somebody's got to have an explanation. You can't have those bad snaps consistently. And we did them all year long. Again, to his credit, nobody ever made him stop. If, if we were really mm-hmm. – That concerned about it, maybe we should have put somebody else in. Um, And then Jalen's fumble. God bless. God knows on this very podcast for the last several months, really, I have lauded Jalen Miller with praise. He's gotten so much better. But you cannot fumble in the situation he fumbled in. We're driving to score to put the game away. That would have put the game away. And I know Michigan missed the field goal right after that. But it, it changes the way you call the game. It changes everything. And you cannot fumble right there, cannot.
1: I do think the Jalen fumble was a major, major play in the game that uh, helped shape uh, the outcome, and it was uh, a, bad, a bad play, all turnovers are. And uh, that's one thing. You know, I think he got better as the season progressed in terms of turning over the ball was an issue very early in the season, and by late in the season, uh, Alabama turned over the ball at the quarterback position far less than, than the vast majority of teams still something that needs to be cleaned up and addressed in the off season. Uh, But, but overall not, not terrible. The snaps, uh, you know, I think Seth's position with the team is one of the more interesting debates uh, period. I mean, he has the eligibility to return, you know, in terms of, you know, they, they, they should have taken it more seriously and gone to someone else. I would say that none of us know what happens at practice. I I would assume. uh, And as a matter of fact, I mean, I think it's safe to assume that they tried a lot of things at practice, including other players. Uh, I don't think – I think if you'd gone away from Seth, the answer is Darian Dalcourt. I mean, that, that's what, what would have happened had you gone from Seth. They would have gone to Darian Dalcourt. And and I think that's a name, for whatever reason, that also doesn't inspire a lot of confidence uh, in the fan base because there's there's more to the center position than just the snaps. you got to get your position blocked. And uh, Seth generally did it well. I even remember one particular snap where the snap was bad. It was bad, but then Alabama had a great result on the play, in part because Seth completely blew up the dude he was blocking. I mean, you know, he's he there. There's there's a some upside to him, which is why he was always out there. Uh, I, I'm guessing now one one thing my mind changed before the game and after. My guess now is that Alabama moves on from Seth. But uh, for those excited about that, I would just say. Well, well, I guess we'll just have to see what's behind door number two because it, it's going to be a mystery because now even Dalcourt's gone. So the center, assuming it's in-house, is going to be James Brockermeyer or Terrence Ferguson, uh, maybe Rock Montgomery, maybe Olas Alanine. But uh, again, you're talking about guys who've never done it in a game. They've never done it in a game. You're You're not – no one can promise anyone that it's going to be better. You're just hoping that it's going to be better. So – uh, obviously, they have a lot of uh, time to work on it, but as of right now, that's what my, I guess happens. I think Alabama moves on from Seth, and uh, and, and we'll have a brand new center who's just never played college football.
0: Let, let me say this too this is from an AL.com article. A Michigan, uh, the Michigan defensive lineman, Chris Jenkins, he said yeah. after the game, uh, Chris Jenkins was asked whether he thought the Wolverines had uh, impacted McLaughlin's snapping. He said, I'd like to think we did. Uh, I mean, but he said it with not a lot of confidence. And then he said throughout the game, McLaughlin snapped the ball low. It threw off Melrose rhythm as the tide tried to fix what was ailing its offense. And the problem surprised Jenkins. And this is what Jenkins said. I was like, what happened, bro? I was genuinely confused. I wasn't even trying to talk trash. I was just like, what's going on? He didn't say nothing, but fair enough. And, And so it sounds like to me what Jenkins was like, okay, I'm I'm genuinely concerned why your snaps are this low as a human being, not as a competitor. I'm not talking trash. I'm wondering what's going on. And I have that same thought. And, again, I'm not throwing – it's not – this game is not Seth McLaughlin's fault. But, man, eventually, don't you – it would have been nice to say, hey, instead of making them all low, eventually overcorrect, try and get some of them too high. I would rather them be too high
1: for Jalen Miller. A couple. A couple were, high. <laughs> a couple high. were too high, a couple were high, uh, not, not that high, but no, it's been a problem all year. I mean, it was a problem all year. I think it, I think for whatever reason, it may have been worse at the end, which is just really unfortunate, but it had been a problem all year long. But like I said, the, the, the fixes uh, I, I'm sure, I mean, you know, they, they practice a lot <laughs> and they do a lot while they're out there and these coaches jobs, depend on it uh I'm sure they tried a lot uh they just felt like hey uh as bad as this is this is our best option right now which is exactly why I'm saying I think center may be uh the number one question mark on the whole team going into next season more so than quarterback a lot more so than quarterback
0: that's a good point here's one final thought on this Jimmy and and it goes back to what I was talking about aggressive. by the way the only thing we were aggressive on is the one thing I wish we would never be aggressive on ever. again. I don't care if Alabama ever returns a kick ever again for any reason. I, <laughs> I'm done with kickoff returns. As my brother said very astutely to me this morning, it's like we just gave our we took the we took a uh, a knee to get it to the twenty five and immediately got a holding penalty every single time we
1: returned a kick because we only got it to the fifteen. I understand. Yeah. My guess, my guess is Kendrick Law, who doesn't get the ball enough, we, we try to get the ball to Kendrick Law in the past game, and we don't. I think there's some Kendrick Law frustration over, hey, this is my only opportunity to impact the game, and I'm a great player, and this is my opportunity to make something happen. But, boy, he did not.
0: Now, now here's one other thing, and I think this aggressiveness issue that I've talked about, I think this it could have been offset. And, again, <laughs> It all is dependent on scoring on that last play, which was a terrible last play, which was set up by a bad snap that led. But in the end, we have a fourth and goal from the three. And our, our play was bad. And I know there's there's been some talk that it was really supposed to be an RPO with a pass to the backfield and blah, blah, blah. Whatever it was, it wasn't. it didn't work out. But had it worked out, here's where I think we could have offset all of Michigan's aggressiveness through the game. We go for two. We look tired. I would have been all for Nick Saban saying, "I'm going to win it right here, just like Brian Kelly did against us. I'm going to win it or lose it right here." And um, would you have
1: gone for two? Is my question. I would have. I don't. I don't know. I mean, to, to me, I mean, when I say I don't know, I'm not trying to dodge it. I, I think it would have depended on how easily Alabama scored. Had they scored on that that play, and I think it was there. By the way, I mean, my my, I've rewatched it several times. I think it was there. I think Milro, you know, the guard pulls and Jaden Roberts did, did a fairly decent job of sealing off that edge. I think had Milro followed Jaden Roberts and stayed on his left hip, he probably scores. Uh, so had Alabama scored easily, like, boy, they just walked right in. I would have been very – I would have been very uh, a proponent of going for two. Had you scored easily. Had you scored easily. If you'd been hit at the goal line and it's did he get in or did he not get in or had you had to make some miraculous catch, Uh, no, no. Uh, But had you scored easily, I I might would have pounced on him while you had momentum there. I would have
0: gone – I'd do the other way, Jimmy. If we make the miraculous catch, i definitely go for it because they're shell-shocked. That's me. Again, I go for it in any circumstance because I looked at the defense. The defense gave up two runs in overtime and a touchdown. That tells me the defense is tired.
1: You also, and again, it gets back to practice. One of the things they do in practice is they 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 have all these two-point plays, as they call them, and a lot of short yardage stuff, and they do it all year long. They know from practice going up against a really good defense how good they are at that. Like, wow, we we consistently do well against our own defense in this situation. That's something that they know that they never share, and it could be that they're not. You know, that like ooh, that we don't we don't score too often. Uh, so I think that's a factor, too. Again, they they do things at practice that we're not aware of and they they practice like like banshees. They're out there all the time and the players practice even when the coaches aren't with them.
0: All right. One player has told us he is 100 percent. No, ifs, ands or buts. Those are his words. He's going to be leaving. We'll tell you who it is. So Dallas Turner, uh, (laughs) he made no bones about it. He's out of here. And, um, he sounded as if he's kind of anxious about it. And, and look, you catch a guy, I'm not going to read a lot into an emotional statement after a loss like this. I'm not going to read a lot into it. Um, I just think Dallas Turner is like, yeah, I'm, I've done all I can do. And I don't blame him because Dallas Turner is, he's probably a top 15 pick, maybe even a little bit higher. He's, um, He's won several accolades. No, he didn't win a national championship at Alabama, and that's a shame. I hate it for him. Um, But if I'm Dallas Turner, I'm leaving too. I didn't think J.C. Latham played a very good game. I didn't think he had a great year, honestly, but uh, I think he's also gone. And then it comes down to, okay, Alabama is going to have to make some roster room. There's no doubt about that. And I don't know exactly how it's uh, going to go. But, uh, Jimmy, your thoughts on Dallas Turner and then anybody else that could be hitting the door.
1: Yeah, people, I mean, you know, one thing I I noticed last night on BOL, I mean, it's not fair for the fans to have this emotional reaction and then be upset when the players are emotional. The players should be and are more emotional than the fans. I mean, Dallas was emotional and upset. That's not to say that uh, that, that, that he's going to rethink and stay. I, I, I would 100% expect Dallas Turner to enter the draft now. 100% expected that before last night's game. Uh, I just think his quote was just born of frustration and emotion over losing the football game. It means more to them than it even does to us. I know that's hard to fathom, but it's true. Uh, and, and I just think he, he was very emotional, as was Seth, who didn't want to talk to the media when the game was over, as was Jalen, uh, who was very frustrated right when the game ended. Uh, that, that's all 100% understandable. I mean, they're, they wanted to win the national championship. They wanted to get to Houston and, and, and it didn't happen. So, uh, but anyway, in terms of staying and going, uh, I think Dallas will leave. I agree that JC Latham, that that's, that's my guess. Again, I'm guessing there, but I'm guessing based on things I hear, uh, I, I think Dallas and, and JC Latham go pro. I think Kool-Aid probably goes pro, but I'm at like 60% there. I think 60% kool-aid heads to the nfl i think tarion's like 40 percent, meaning that i i I now expect tarion arnold to stay at alabama uh and i think kool-aid might but uh but if i had you know if if we're 50 50 is the the tipping point i'll say kool-aid goes in terms of guys entering the portal it's going to be several and this is what you you guys need to prepare for i mean in terms of my guess is Seven or eight will enter the portal in the next five days. Uh, that that's just a number. It's not because I've got the seven or eight guys in mind. Uh, I mean, I have a few of mine, but I, I'm I'm guessing that total is going to end up being around seven or eight. It would actually be a good thing if it was more. You know, I, I you know, in terms of there needs to be room uh, uh, made on the roster for all the incoming guys. Alabama may sign up to twenty six. You've already got three portal guys coming in. That's twenty nine. You know, and it kind of makes sense, right? 29 in means 29 out, right? And out means graduation, NFL, portal. And so it, it probably needs to be more than seven or eight, but that's my guess. I mean, in terms of what the numbers and, and Hey, there's going to be, let's say half of the portal guys that leave fans will be upset and they'll think something's wrong or that Saban or the staff did something wrong, or they'll just you know, shake their fist at the clouds. Welcome to 2024. I mean, this this is kids want to play. Kids want to play. They they came to Alabama and they wanted an opportunity, and now they want to play. And and, and if they're if they're second on the depth chart, that's not playing for for, for them. So I'm expecting to lose a few uh, that at least uh, fans have a, a negative reaction to.
0: And it is a shame again that we lose in the sense that. I think we would have seen more of a justice Haynes who looked good in this game. I think um, we would have seen maybe even a little more of Antonio Kite, who, by the way, is most known for letting a punt touch his leg that Caleb Downs very wisely <sighs> covered, but he was out there and he was out there in a situation that, that means a lot in the Rose bowl on the really the biggest stage. I mean, outside of the national championship. So um, these guys were getting some run towards the end. And, um, yeah. You know, look, I, I think it's haphazard for us to uh, throw out some names that we think could be in the portal. But if you follow Alabama yeah. football and you know the roster, you know, some potential guys. I mean, you you know, the you know, the depth chart enough to, to know, OK, this guy could. And here's the other thing, Jimmy, guys enter the portal now just to see what their worth is. And I don't blame them. I, I don't like right. it. I just don't blame them.
1: No, I get that. Uh, and and there would be, you know, there was a Drew Sanders situation a couple cycles back. I mean, that's just one name where a kid entered the portal and the staff was doing all they could to recruit him back. Jalen Moody entered the portal and the staff ultimately recruited him back. Uh, it could be that just because a kid's in the portal, that doesn't mean they're gone for sure, or that that means the staff's OK with it. But the staff does need some room here. So, uh, again, it'll be a really interesting five days. It's January 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th for Alabama players. I think midnight on the 6th is the deadline, uh, unless you've graduated. If you've graduated, you can enter the portal at any time. Uh, and Alabama does have a few uh, graduates, uh, you know, so, but 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 the, the majority, uh, I, I would expect, Luke, that in the next five days, we'll know. And, of course, the deadline for everybody to know about turning pro is January 15th. My guess is there will be a press conference at Alabama on roughly the 15th, roughly, maybe the 14th, but maybe the 15th uh, where these players will announce that they're entering the draft. Uh, again, uh, I, I would have right now, there's going to be Latham and Dallas Turner. I'm, I'm, that's, that's my guess. Uh, maybe Kool-Aid, maybe Tarion, maybe a surprise, but uh, but JC and Dallas, I think uh, they're, they're, they're almost certainly certainly out.
0: And I, I'd be willing to bet too, that, 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 Press conference, you could have guys like Jason McClellan announce, even though I don't think anybody expects him back. Like Roy Dale say they're leaving, or JC, you know Jay say they're leaving, or somebody like that.
1: If we're guessing, if we're just guessing about seniors that might come back, first of all, we know Trey Amos and Christian Story intend to come back. We know hey, that. that, that, that that's, that's no, and I was going to, I was about to add Q Robinson to that. Q Robinson says he's coming back. I don't think that's official. But I think he says he's coming back. Uh, I, I bet no one comes back other than them. No How one. How about this,
0: for a bit of irony again, trying to end it um, on a positive note. Quindarius Robinson, who was best known for his career for muffing, <laughs> kind of muffing a punt. Uh, I don't even know. I guess he touched a punt, not muffing. He it,
1: touched a punt, uh, Against yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, he and he now he, he covers it the punt
0: against yeah. Michigan. In the uh, semifinal game, he actually had a
1: good year. He didn't play a yeah, ton yeah. of snaps, but he played quite a few snaps with the first team and was good. Uh, I, I think Quandarius coming back would be big for Alabama. And I, I really hope it happens. I believe it will happen. But again, of all the seniors, I'm guessing, I think Robinson comes back, but uh, I don't think any of the others will. I, I think the Seth thing is over. I think uh, Roy Dell and Jace uh, move on. I think Malachi moves on. Uh, I think all the seniors, other than Q Robinson, Trey Amos, and Christian Story are coming back. And again, Amos and Story didn't participate in Senior Day. Uh, I've noticed a few comments on BOL before about what do you think Amos and Story are going to do? And uh, like how much more loudly can they announce that they're coming back than I'm not even going to come out here and participate in Senior Day? That's a, about as loud of an announcement as you can get it. it. It's like my buddy with AL.com, Craig Stevenson, always says, so funny. Kids announce they're going to be in the Senior Bowl. There's this press release I'm going to be in the Senior Bowl. And then weeks after that, they announce, I'm leaving school. And it's reported like it's news. And it drives Craig crazy. And to me, I'm now amused by just how upset Craig gets about it. But Craig's like, in caps, he said a month ago he's playing in the Senior
0: Bowl. Jalen Simpson did that. You know, when I saw uh, Terion and Jalen Milrow, and then I also saw Jalen Simpson and Elijah McAllister from Auburn at this Christmas party, I talked to Jalen Simpson. I said, you know, have you decided what you're going to do? He said, no, I haven't decided I said, but are you going to play in the senior bowl? He said, yeah, I'm going to play in the senior bowl. And I said, well, then you've kind of decided. And he just goes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he wanted to announce it. So I was like, okay. Yeah, right.
1: And and then again, just like the commitments, we're pretty good at BOL. Hey, kids deserve their their moment. their moment. Give them give them their moment. That that doesn't end once they enter college. They all still uh, get to have a dramatic moment. And that's fair. And, and media and all the shouldn't, shouldn't ruin that for them, I guess. But, man, when you announce you're going to be in the senior bowl, now, that said, sometimes kids do pull out. Will Reichert, for instance, was was had accepted a senior bowl a year ago. I mean, that's one yeah. of the – I mean, Will Reichert was going to the senior bowl. He that's told right. the senior bowl, yeah, yeah, I'm coming. And then later had to say, I changed my mind. I, I want to go back to Alabama. So that, that can happen.
0: All right, buddy. That's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.